0: Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall podcast. We are still in the midst of this impeachment trial. I guess we're in the second week of week the two. That's week right. Week two, but we, day, it's day like day
1: two, it's eight, <laughs> eight. It seven, started eight. last Wednesday. Wait, when did it actually start? It started like on Tuesday, Tuesday, and then Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday. I think is when the opening. Oh right, statements so actually yeah. kind of started. That's right, correct.
0: exactly. The, the Tuesday was sort of the arguing over the rules. Right, right. And so we had like semi late night i mean not quite as yeah as as the other it, it's a funny thing because it seems like the the president's uh defense counsel they don't really have that much to say they have yeah, and to they, kind of use up time they
1: made it clear at the outset before they even began their arguments which kind of kicked off officially on saturday mm-hmm. morning that they weren't going to use the full 24 hours available to them that they think they'll use significantly less or something like that. Yeah, but it, but I,
2: I saw something on air right before we came in here and started recording that um, the senators have an ordered dinner tonight. So oh, really? people are thinking it's going to wrap by the afternoon. Oh, wow. Should be-
0: and and wait, is that this is the second, their second day? Or their oh, third no, third so day. Oh, Saturday, right. oh, interesting. It's Saturday, interesting. Monday, and then right, today's right, right, the right. last day. Well, it's one of these things where like on one level, they don't have many Good arguments. So that's one that's one issue. I mean, for with the impeachment managers, whatever you think of whether uh, President Trump should be impeached and removed, they have a lot of factual information. No one can dispute that. There's a lot to a lot to talk about. And, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that the president doesn't have a lot of good arguments. But another way to look at it is that they have Almost certainty that he's going to be acquitted. So, at some level, as a defense lawyer, if you know you're winning, just shut up. Yeah, it's just like okay,
1: the, you know, well, we're sure. not guilty. And on, on the flip side, I feel like the Democrats obviously used, I think, every minute available to them, and which makes total sense. I mean, this is kind of if the conclusion is sort of foregone um we know what's going to happen then you need to take advantage of basically every moment of televised speech yeah. giving
0: that you have this you is know? the this is the most the most prominent visible time to make the case yeah. and sort of make and, it for history if not if not right. for the republican right. and
2: for yeah. trump's team also dragging out the proceedings just Makes it more likely that another Bolton manuscript bombshell right. will yep. dropped during yep. the proceeding. Yeah, right.
1: let's get into that. But first,
0: uh, right. A so the first, first quick word from uh, Grady's cold brew iced coffee. I'm going to relent a little. I guess not, not beat up on coffee shops anymore. But even, <laughs> even as we have in the recent episodes. But uh, even so, if you if you want a great coffee, a great I- uh, cold brew iced coffee, and 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 even to save some money. Uh, you can uh, go with Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. You asked and they delivered. Brew it yourself with Grady's New Orleans-style coarse ground coffee blend. Designed to work in any cold or hot coffee maker, one bag makes 24 servings of Grady's Cold Brew exactly the way you want it. Order online and receive 16 ounces of their famous blend of 100% Arabica beans and French chicory in a resealable pouch for long-lasting freshness. Ready to give it a swirl? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. Or you can also order Grady's at Amazon.com for next day delivery. Perfect. Perfect. So where to even begin with the John Bolton uh, well, developments? Well, before we do that, I want to say that Kate here mm-hmm. got a promotion to reporter Woo! at TPM. Yay. And so uh, we're very proud of you. Yes, I absolutely. I hope you are, you are um, excited about that. And also, you are relocating to our D.C. Bureau. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. And that sort of, uh, uh, you know... Um, a lot of reasons behind that, um, but obviously there's a lot of in 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 a lot of ways. Uh, you know, there's a lot of logic to being a reporter in DC, if you're covering politics, as opposed to New York, even though um, we do a lot from both bureaus. And so I'm very excited for you. I'm very excited for you to meet DC. The one downside, I mean, there's a downside that obviously we won't be working, the three of us in the same office anymore. But particularly, it's a bummer for this podcast. So we need to come up with a way to, I was actually talking with our colleague, John, about, you know, we're probably going to have like a, A video monitor. We'll have a virtual Kate. Yeah, virtual (laughs) a virtual Kate because obviously there's a certain like um, you know interplay we have being here in person that um, we're gonna we're gonna need to work on uh, reproducing that. But anyway, congratulations, Kate. Thank Um, you, you (laughs) congratulations. We are we are uh, we we have always been and uh, even uh, more so as time goes on. Just uh, appreciative and
1: proud to have you as part of the team. Absolutely, and obviously Thanks, part of the podcast guys. too. too. Yes. So, all yes, right, indeed. John Bolton. <laughs> yes. Down to John Bolton. So, uh, Jack Schaefer, the the media columnist at Politico, I think put it best uh, yesterday when he was excited, you know, saying, "Oh, it's really great that the New York Times is getting the first serial rights to John Bolton's <laughs> book." It's kind of like coming out in Dickensian fashion. You yeah. Know, yeah. Each day, a new. <laughs> A new detail drips out in the New York Times. So John Bolton, well, sort of like, like getting an X, ex- like we 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 try to get
0: ex- excerpts right. from new books, you know, we, that we publish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's a kind of a standard part of the book publicity yes. thing. Yes. you know, we get some a kind of a cool thing to publish; they get some publicity. But yep. yeah, the Times <laughs> does it on a on a higher, more, <laughs> exactly. you know, bigger so, level. what
1: happened is, I think late Sunday night, just to try to catch readers up uh, or listeners if they, if they haven't been following each and every kind of little drip of this, Sunday night, the New York Times publishes a, an exclusive report on an unpublished manuscript of John Bolton's book, which is set to be released, I think, in March. Uh, this is sort of a tell-all Inside the administration sort of book that has become pretty well you know this genre has become pretty well known to us now anyways this the first detail of this book that the New York Times reported on was that Trump told Bolton that he was waiting to release the aid to Ukraine, this military aid, hundreds of millions of dollars of essential money to kind of help you know fight Russian incursion. He was going to wait to release that until Ukraine announced. The investigations into the Bidens. Obviously, we all know this, the details of the story, but you know, it's a high ranking uh, former official in the administration, a first hand account of this kind of a big deal, especially as the impeachment trial enters its second week. And the question of whether to subpoena witnesses and documents becomes a more pressing issue. This is the week that we're going to sort of start to deal with that. I would say if I can say one thing, I mean,
0: it's It is not a surprising deal. I mean, we know this happened, but I think it is important to say two things. One is that, you know, in this kind of, you know, kaleidoscope upside down world that the Republican defenders of the president have created, they do make this point that if you set aside the call, the phone call, we don't quite have... Someone at least of a high rank saying, I sat down with the Mm -hmm. president. He told me no money until you get the Biden investigation. Now, we know that from so many different angles and so many different things. And we do have the call, which makes it totally obvious. But even in the call, he doesn't say, hey, Mm -hmm. no money until you give me the Biden investigation. He says it in kind of mob talk. Hey, okay, great. Do us a favor. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you want that stuff, but if, uh, though, although, you know, though <laughs> there's a favor you can do for us. Yes. But again, this is someone who said, yep, I sat down with the president, and the president said, nope, not, not, letting, go, not letting that money come out until I get the investigations. And the key point is, too, John Bolton in, in the modern system, and, and even more so in this administration. The National Security Advisor is the president's foreign policy chief. That person runs the country's foreign policy. In theory, that should kind of be the Secretary of State on the on the war side, the Secretary of Defense. But again, in the modern system, it's really the National Security Advisor. And especially yeah, which the NSC is,
1: is within the White House, so it's kind of in the family, in the immediate right. kind of Right. So
0: basically, this is the person who would be most proximate to know this this is a national security military policy thing and this is the guy who runs that and the president talked to that person and said not gonna do it till i get my i mean so this is like round zero so right. again we knew it it's not surprising we kind of we know he did this yeah but again at this that basic level of you can't get any closer
2: right yeah. and there it not is. least because the classic uh, kind of one of the big Republican defenses they keep or team Trump defenses kind of same for intents and purposes thing, but yeah. <laughs> that they keep going back to and back to is the house there couldn't bring any first hand witnesses or no first hand witnesses no one heard the president say it and now Democrats just like, have served up on a platter first hand witness that right. you guys won't let us call which is why now Republicans are trying to craft a little off ramp kind of led by a uh, Senator Linkford. I saw Oklahoma. this story so the,
0: basically they they you know, what in the sort of the media book publishing world, they're going to get an embargoed copy right. of the book and they'll read it in skiff, basically. Yeah, classified like, setting.
2: classified <laughs> setting, despite the fact that it's coming out for publication. Well, and,
0: and also, kind of like, you know, there's, there's probably 20 or 30 people at least who've had to touch this thing. Oh, yeah. Within totally. whatever the publishing, know, ha- Harper yeah, Collins or whoever exactly. it is. I
1: think Simon & Schuster, which is one of the major houses, is the publisher of this book. Um, the New York Times made uh, very carefully uh, you know a, a comment or a statement in the in their reporting on it that they didn't get it from the publisher they didn't get it from Bolton this information so it seems like you're right the you know the White House has had this for about a month I think it was late December the Bolton sent it over there to um, basically be cleared there's no classified information this and that uh, pretty standard operating procedure for a for a book but so it seems like it must be coming from one of these government sources. There must be a lot of copies. Whoever it's coming
0: from, my point is... When someone is writing a book and maybe they're working with an editor, you can keep that pretty tight. Mm -hmm. But when you get to actually creating a manuscript, a, a, you know, a laid out manuscript, there's a lot of people who have to touch that. And that's not like class, you know, classified or whatever. There's the guy who's doing the kind of the cork or photo, you know, or or binding. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It has a a cover already. Well, and then part
2: of Langford's argument then, you know, kind of, I guess, preempting what people are going to say about why should this be classified? is and he's like, you know, I think John Bolton should speak. There are microphones all over the country. Like, let him publicly speak out, you know, and the subtext of that is just not in the Senate. So we don't have to deal with calling a witness. I mean,
0: I I, I mean, he should. I mean he's right. Oh, I mean yeah, Bolton should. There's nothing should. stopping him from like going on TV today or holding a press conference. He absolutely should. There's 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 this whole thing is is just an absurdity and a disgrace created by John Bolton. Basically I mean even that March publication date seems exactly timed to not have it affect the trial but still to get all the juice of the trial totally. right cuz like say his agent deserves a bit of a raise or something exactly but the uh, I, I think the I mean, but they don't they know he's not going to do that,
2: right, but it's the um, way for them saying we're not trying to muzzle Bolton. we just don't want to drag on the trial
0: exactly. I mean, I think it's it it it's a funny you know, everything that's going on here is is a funny example of again, we all know what happened here. Every Republican senator knows what happened here. There's no factual question about what happened here, but it's one thing to know what happened here and to have someone who is that high ranking that proximate to the president and that hardcore republican going back 30 or 40 years at a high you know at a high level to say yep it happened but it's one thing it's it's one thing to know it it's one thing to 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 um know that bolton is saying that and it's yet another thing to have him on camera when everybody's watching, and to hear the nuances of him saying, "Well, here's how it went down," yeah. and they are clearly—that's true. You cause... know, th- they want to—you know—do everything you can to get t- to prevent that deposed on camera. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, a few maybe de-
1: just on maybe just on text, th- maybe yeah. just a PDF. We're going to read the right. PDF in the skiff. Right. There's a few degrees of separation between what Bolton is saying and kind of our receiving of it. Right? It's in the New York Times from an unpublished manuscript that Bolton wrote, so it's kind of. You know, it's not that it's we question the validity of the statements he's making in the book. But we haven't but seen like sort a of, page, yeah, like, a, exactly. like a screen cap of a i And hearing him say it in his own words. We talked about this in the in Robert Mueller's appearance before the, was it the House or the Senate? I can't even remember that house. far back. Mueller, I'm pretty sure yeah. it was the House, house. Um, yeah. You know, it's different to hear him express it in his own words and, and see the body language and yeah, all that.
2: And not least of which is that those clips are going to be copied and pasted right into <laughs> yeah. every campaign ad for Republicans. You know, a clip of said Republican saying, no firsthand evidence, really clear Trump didn't do this. Smash bang, Bolton saying, I saw him do <laughs> right. this. He told it to me. Well, and
0: at least, I mean, there is, I don't, I don't doubt the Times reports, but again, as you say, there's always questions of nuance. Exactly what does Bolton... Clay, Clay. He said, but it certainly seems like Bolton is not pulling many punches. He's, you know, kind of saying, yep, he said it. Uh-huh. And and the subsequent reports out of, I think they're still all out of the times. I don't think any other. Yeah, last night there was a follow up. Okay that he seems to be saying other things too. Like a, that a lot of the sort of the kind of, you know, kind of personal side deal, funny business with these foreign autocrats that Bolton at least suspected those things were happening. And he apparently told Bill Barr about it. So he's like throwing the, Mm -hmm. you know, taking the messiness and throwing it on other people. And so what those
1: specifically were, if I recall, is that, yeah, the president of Turkey, uh, Erdogan, and the president of China, Xi Jinping. Right. Um, yeah. Trump has business in Turkey. He has a building there, right? And it was sort of yeah. Bolton was worried that, yeah, Trump was kind of cozying up to them because he has these business well, the, opportunities. The funny thing was at least, and maybe
0: I don't, you know, there's a there's nuances here, but at least as I saw the sort of headlines out of this, it was Trump was doing personal favors for oh, right. those guys. Yes. And the funny thing is there's something odd there because that that doesn't make a lot of sense. Trump, you know, Trump has a lot of has a lot more power than he has money. So the favors logically would be going in the in the other direction. It's not like Trump saying like, uh, you know, uh, Xi Jinping, you know, I really need really need the help on the trade deal here. You need you to buy a lot more soybeans. So I'm going to cut you in on a building I have. I mean, that doesn't (laughs) make sense because because all of Trump's thing, you know, Trump. The thing about Trump is always that it's all less than it appears. You know, that Trump building isn't really owned by Trump. He just has a kind of a licensing rights right, that he gets name. a few bucks from. Yeah. So even that is sort of like again, what what certainly we suspect, and maybe what we suspect is isn't isn't true, but what is but also what is logical, again, because he's president of the United States. He doesn't need to give people money. He has power to do things. The, the logic is other people giving him money. Right. But again, whatever the details there, Bolton seems to be saying he at least suspected some of that other bad stuff and that he was telling other people and he's like throwing the dirt around. So, right. you know,
1: it, it, it doesn't seem like everybody. Uh, and apparently Barr responded to Bolton or told Bolton that he was worried that Trump's behavior in some of these circumstances made it appear that Trump had. Undue influence over Department of Justice probes of certain like state owned banks in Turkey or China that they wanted to sanction or indict,
2: which I would just like to point out that this is all unfolding against the backdrop of Republican or the Trump defense team spending the bulk of yesterday going after the impropriety of Hunter Biden's position (laughs) and the inherent corruption that must mean about Joe Biden, which is just, it's so funny. While like that is so clearly specious, while this stuff is unfolding about Trump like time and time again, showing that that's actually how he operates.
0: You know, one weird thing is, is that again, at least going on the non word for word account of the times, with, with this Bolton book, it seems very different from there was a book that uh, James Mattis wrote. And everybody has had, you know, he's been like, you know, the the ultimate grown up in the Trump <laughs> administration, you know, adult in the room, and he wrote this book. And I haven't read that book, but certainly the the sort of the, uh, you know, uh, brief of everybody who who did read it was basically, you know, The the headline was James Mattis had a lot of concerns, (laughs) a lot of thoughts and prayers, right? You know, but didn't really kind of say, fuck, man, here's what happened when I was there. Mm -hmm. He didn't really say anything. And it really seems like Bolton is like saying some pretty damaging things. Again, maybe the nuances in the Times are, are inflating it a bit. But unless they're really dramatically mischaracterizing it, he not only says some pretty damaging things about Trump, he also, like I said, sort of throws the mud on other people too, particularly Bill
1: Barr. Right. I mean, so all of this, I guess, raises the question of whether Republicans will, enough of them will defect to ultimately call witnesses. Yesterday, we had Mitt Romney, who was the first Republican senator to come out and really respond, I think, to the Bolton mm-hmm. claims, saying it's increasingly important to hear from Bolton. It's, in, it's increasingly likely that his Republican colleagues will want to hear from him. Susan Collins, another uh, key vote on this issue, released a statement shortly thereafter saying it strengthens the case for witnesses and it's prompted a lot of conversations among her colleagues. Adding
2: that she'd always been leaning towards (laughs) witnesses anyway. (laughs) So she really
1: didn't, I mean, she did not go as far as Romney himself did. And I think that's kind of the only two, you know, votes were watching, people who have have come out for it. So does this change the calculus among Republicans for witnesses? Does it change it in your mind? Do you think it's more or less likely?
2: That's why I'm kind of really interested in the the Lankford plan that's going on, because, I mean, it totally makes sense to me that Republicans have to find an off-ramp. They have to find a way to say, we are interested in hearing about Bolton, but the Senate trial is not the way to do it. Because I think at this point... Since they've leaned so much on the first-hand evidence thing, they just can't say what he has to say isn't going to be relevant because it's it's the most relevant thing you could hear. I, so I, I I don't know. I kind of expected there to be more of an exodus, to be honest, from the squishier Republicans. You know, after we heard like Romney and Collins this morning, I was like, okay, there's going to be there's going to be more. I As in, mean,
1: you thought like it would kind of the momentum that they would, would build. go towards witnesses? Yeah, yeah
2: because I just. Having Bolton having dropped this piece of information makes it them. I think they're in such a tight place. If they say they don't want to hear from Bolton, Democrats are going to rightly just hammer time and time again. This person talked to the president has firsthand knowledge and you won't let him testify. Isn't
1: it wild how now like the White House and other Republicans are totally shitting on Bolton, who's been this like life, right, right. lifelong, <laughs> like hardcore conservative. You know, he was a Fox News contributor and, and for
0: a just long hardcore time. hardcore conservative, hardcore partisan, extremely partisan. I mean, extremely partisan yeah. Republican. And they're I mean,
2: basically trying to give him the 12 angry Democrats <laughs> <yeah>. treatment now. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, you know, the uh, I, two things about what you're saying, Kate. One is that I don't think this, if there are witnesses, it is not going to happen because like Cory Gardner comes out and says, dude, I got to hear him. I, You know, it's too much. What will happen is, is that there'll be a larger number of Republicans who just say, I agree with This that. is not, we can't can't get past this finish line they're not the one the worst possible outcome for Mitch McConnell is to sort of you know break Cory Gardner or uh, that McSally woman from, from Arizona and kind of force them. You want to, whatever happens, everybody needs to be sort of, you know, kind of holding them tight so they're not on their own. Because if it if it is like, you know, four Republicans and, and all kind of Trump people and Trump himself are like, Cory Gardner, you suck. Mm-hmm. You betrayed the president. It has to be something everybody does. So it doesn't surprise me that much that we haven't, heard from them i i I keep wanting um democrats to kind of focus more on on those two because you know in electoral terms they are um they are the big ones but i will say i don't think this thing about seeing the book in in the skiff i don't think that's going to be sustainable and that to me Says they're in a th- that they are feeling in a weaker position than I suspected like last night because again if they do that okay let's play this out all right we're gonna have a day where we can all go read the book book's pretty long right mm-hmm. I mean 500, in, I think it's five hundred yeah. well, book is pages, long yeah. right it's not like you can just it's but this not is like actually the, an especially long okay one too, so yeah. it's but it's not like uh, it's it's not like it's the phone call pseudo transcript right right, when you, right you know it's like like five hundred words or something like that um, so. Someone's going to need to cliff notes at first, right? To kind of mm-hmm. get the good parts, um, and I just think it will be it will be so um, sort of farcical that these people secretly get to read this book. Like, why can't we read the book? Like, what, what is that about? Like, we can't talk about the book. Can't talk about the quotes. I, I that feels to me like you're sort of again you're trying to kind of find some ground you can defend but that is sort of retreating to a point that that's not going to
2: Yeah, that's not, a good gonna point. Hold up. They're also going to be reading that stuff saying we can't talk about it while the New York Times continues to publish excerpts, right? Well, well let me ask
0: here's another here's another question. All right. So if they do that, obviously the Democrats get to read it too. Right. Right? You can't say, well, just just for Republicans, you know. <laughs> so the Democrats have to read it too. And are they really going to say that that they can't talk about like why? It's not classified. Yeah. It's not a classified document. It's just a book. It's a book that everybody's going to be able to read in like a month. Yeah. So and 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 then they're going to come out so Democrats I I can't imagine why Democrats would not come out and say, "Hey, I just took notes." Or I, I took out my my cell phone. I guess you can't use a cell phone in a skiff. You can you can write stuff mm-hmm. out. They'll come out. John Bolton said this. I, it just it it just feels like again there, in in a battle you try for an organized retreat you're looking for a new new mm-hmm. point of ground you can defend that seems very squishy and 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 um, in some ways almost dragged out and worse than having him testify although frankly for them it's hard to imagine anything worse well than him him I guess
2: that's where I'm coming from then I totally hear you on the Langford plan but then it's we're back to the two options we've had before which is what is more damaging, letting Bolton testify or not letting him testify?
0: I I agree. And I, I do not have any... Uh, it, like At the end of the day, it's hard for me to imagine they don't just sort of like swallow hard and just say, we're done. Like, bad as it
1: is, just we're done. Yeah. Another potential option that's been floated, and I think Romney has kind of endorsed this plan, too, Is like a one-for-one witness trade. Democrats get to call one witness. I guess that would be John Bolton, and Republicans get to call one as well, which I guess would be Hunter Biden, possibly, and, and that that's like some way that fair is fair kind of thing. But That's
2: just going to be so stupid. But I
1: think also, the Democrats
0: have no... I mean, the Republicans can do that. They're in the majority. Mm-hmm. They can do that. They could... They don't need a legal rationale to uh, subpoena hunter biden so i mean they can do that that doesn't have to be a deal they can just announce it as fair um but i don't see and i think that schumer seems to be acting this way there's no reasons no reason for democrats to endorse that deal to kind of say okay that's fair because it is farcical Mm -hmm. to to call him up so yeah, they they just the Democrats just have no reason to legitimize that quote unquote deal. I mean, it's it's substantively like absurd. It doesn't there's there you don't deal like that. Like you get one person, we get you know yeah that, that just that's just not how it works. They have the they have the power to do it, and maybe they will do it. Um, you know, they can call it a deal. They they can do whatever they want, but uh, there's no reason for the Democrats to legitimize it. And it seems like Chuck Schumer. You know, a couple of days ago, was already pretty clearly saying like that deal is not yeah. And I think even
1: even this morning, I think he called it absurd the idea of trading witnesses and
0: yeah. it's just it, it 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 is and and I uh, I don't I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. But again, I just think this idea of like reading you know, kind of reading an unpublished book mm-hmm. in in a you know in a classified secret room is just <laughs> is like. It, it, it's so it kind of collapses under the weight of its own absurdity right it's just it's it's just so silly I don't think I think they're either going to have to pull back from that or if they do that it'll sort of tumble right. into leading to so losses. So
1: while, while we were recording, Trump's legal team is continuing their opening arguments. They're, like we said uh, at the top of the show, they're ending today. This is the final day. Sounds like they'll be done around dinnertime, maybe even long before we heard, which would be kind of a nice break for all <laughs> of us. Um, I, and after that, the Senate GOP caucus is meeting, at which point I think the that's what question the question of decisions. witnesses and yeah. all that stuff will happen. So, you know, we might get an answer before too long as far as how it's going to go. Now, th- the idea is tomorrow's questions, this Q and a, right. Mm-hmm. So- yeah. In fact, I wanted to ask you, Josh is Kate and I, um, haven't covered an impeachment trial in our lifetimes yet, uh, until now. What does that look like in practice? They're submitted through the chief justice, right? And uh, this- I guess it did happen in 1999, but I don't
0: remember that.
1: Um, I I think there's 16 hours total for questions. I think that means, I assume that's eight on each side. So about a full day for each.
2: When you say it's submitted through the chief justice, you mean he reads the questions? I want to say they're they're
1: submitted in writing and I think they're like filtered through John Roberts. So
2: he gets to say like, oh, this is bogus. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: It's just not like a, it's not like a live, um cross-examination as far as I know. I could be be wrong. I don't know. Like I I said,
0: I I feel like I've I've heard people saying this was done in 1999. I just have no recollection of that. I mean, it was a... All I really remember is, you know, there were witnesses, but there weren't live witnesses. They had videotapes. And if I remember, I think it was Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, and Sidney Blumenthal.
2: It was those two and Vernon something. Oh, Vernon Jordan. Right. It was like a kind
1: of like a, a... right it was pretty it was pretty rich seeing um ken Starr, who's you know obviously the former special counsel investigating bill clinton over the monica Lewinsky affair saying like we're in the age of impeachment and if this happens now (laughs) buckle up folks it's going to be impeachment 20 you know every day and impeachment is hell when i heard him
2: say that a part of me was just like he knows he's doing (laughs) this like this has to be a total troll yeah Yeah. it
0: it really i mean it's so galling because he is like the Poster boy of the abuse of this process. He's the poster boy of what got us here. And yeah, you're right. It, it like he, no one is that lacking in self awareness right. who can like dress themselves, right? <laughs> yeah. So it just it, it captures something that is just a a kind of a through line of the Trump era of of like gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that is like absurd as a weapon, right? Right? I'm not just yeah. absurd. I'm gonna say it. Like, again, absurdity as a weapon is is really because that's kind of what gaslighting is. I'm going to say to you something you know isn't true, but say it with such a straight face that, like, you're going to start saying, wait a second, I think it's
1: like, what's going on here? Yeah. And then Fox News. you know, pushes it and the cycle continues. Basically, it just well, gets kind of recirculated over and over.
2: And right before we came back in, um, Seculo was doing his presentation. It was like a return down the rabbit hole of Mueller flavored conspiracy theory type things. And I like was,
0: like witch hunt or like say well, like, well yeah,
2: I mean like. Um, Lisa Page missing okay. texts, right, 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 the right, right, right. steel dossier yeah, type yeah. things. But it was so funny because I was like uh, writing it up for the blog, and you know, I asked um, John, one of our colleagues, I was like, "Do you do you want me to debunk these? Because that's going to take like yeah. forever, might have, uh, yeah,
1: might <laughs> or to, to could... even
2: contextualize them? You right. know, because it's like there are these kind of keywords that people in the Fox News ethos are very familiar with, but then to try to explain it to someone who isn't in these conspiracy theory waters is just kind of like, okay, well, here's where they got to there. And here's who, you know, Christopher Steele even is. Well,
0: it's, it's, it's the, there's that a good example of this is again, in the sort of the Fox Trump world, this line, the insurance policy. And for those of you who aren't familiar with it, this is a kind of a snippet of a text that is an offhand remark. And again, we don't have time to quite go into what was being talked about but the idea is look in case trump is elected we've got this russia hoax going and yeah he'll be president but but we're gonna sick muller on him and it's gonna be so bad (laughs) game over so that's the insurance again the insurance policy and that is to your point kate an example of Again, you, you all you need is to say those three words mm-hmm. in that world, and it kind of oh yeah, the insurance policy, exactly. right, right. <laughs> and and that you know the lovers and all this <laughs> yeah. kind of like you know kind of struck and there page was a,
1: <laughs> just a random aside on this whole thing. There was a time, a period not long ago, it was maybe a couple weeks ago, CNN I think even MSNBC was playing on loop, Trump kind of like doing that lovers uh kind of exchange yeah, the between kind of them of the, on the yeah, stage yeah, anyways yeah. Uh, if you want to ruin your day don't go look that <laughs> yeah. so maybe that's a good place to leave it on impeachment we'll see what happens with witnesses we'll be following it obviously visit talkingpointsmemo.com and follow along we've been live blogging day and night uh with everything you need so before we move on to just a quick final topic let's take a real quick break All right. Since this might be the last podcast before the Iowa caucuses, which are remind me February third on Monday. So it's Monday night. Yeah, Monday okay. night. Uh, I figured we could just kind of end things on a little bit of a campaign note, since impeachment has really eclipsed literally every other story, including even like the Kobe Bryant death. Basically, it's you know this would be a time where cable news would be wall to wall in Los Angeles, you know, at the crash site of the helicopter where you know, which tragically he and his um, daughter and and a number of Seven others were other killed. People, yeah. Uh but you know it, we have jase you know it's funny cable. I actually
0: was I, I don't go on uh, face I actually went on Facebook for the first time in months I don't go on anymore like occasionally there's something I have to check and I'll go on I reactivate it and deactivate it but I went on and uh, someone someone had posted a picture like a high school picture of theirs right uh, oh we lost this person and it took me a while because it kind of didn't say who who and and I was and I finally figured it out it's a person who was a high school classmate of I think a mother like um, another mother and daughter who were on that pl- who were on that wow. helicopter and it was just kind of like surreal mm-hmm. that, you know someone who grew up in LA you know all right. this kind of stuff so
1: yeah you know, wild yeah it is wild um so we've had some polls I mean the polls have been all over the place recently the latest indications I think there was a New York Times poll on Sunday Bernie Sanders seeming to get some momentum. On the other side, we've had a number of newspaper endorsements come out for Elizabeth Warren. The New York Times kind of split the baby between Warren and Klobuchar. I think the Des Moines Register on Sunday endorsed Warren, right?
2: That's an interesting topic, though, because the major Iowa papers have been completely scattered. You're right. Des Moines Register went for Warren. The Sioux City Journal, I think, went for Biden, and then the Klobuchar third has that has the third one that I, th- and that's like their three biggest yeah. papers, which I right. thought was like quite kind of illustrative of where we're at in this we'll sort of jump right ball now. in a way. Yeah. No one knows.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I think the only thing that is, I mean, the polls are all over the place, and mm-hmm. and there there's in in a case like this, all over the place has a certain kind of meaning because really it's it's more that everybody's bunched together. Right. It's not that they're really so dramatically it's not that there's more kind of variety and 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 bumpiness than normal it's just that you've got a lot of people pretty closely to you know kind of closely together and that and that kind of you know one time Bernie's ahead, mm-hmm. then Biden's ahead, then and none of then them this. and
1: none of them more than really like mid twenties to the low thirty percent, right? For yeah, the most part, clustered in
0: the in the twenties. Yeah. They the, the the top people. I think the the only thing that is clear over the last say couple months is that Elizabeth Warren went from basically being in a tie with Biden or close to a tie with Biden nationwide and in, in and in early critical states to. Clearly, not the case. Where 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 she fell, Bernie Sanders seemed to largely rise at her expense. Uh, Buttigieg did to some extent too. So that's the big thing. She has had a pretty, you know, pretty dramatic fall over the last like couple months, something like that. What is it? Six weeks, something like that. Um, and I guess most of the Iowa polls put Sanders ahead right now. But they're close, and the way that that caucus system runs, you you know, the polls can be "quote unquote" right, and you're like six points behind, but then you win because other people's votes go to you, and the margin and of error is probably two and a half, three percent. So it's not yeah. It's, so it's really kind of I you know, you always have to drop back and just say, the, the idea that the, for the Democrats, the idea that these two states have this big role is absurd because these two states are about as far away from being in any way representative of the of the Democratic Party as any state they're both overwhelmingly white states um, they are you know Iowa's very rural new hampshire is fair a fairly rural state obviously you got manchester and, and a lot of it's sort of bedroom communities of of you know boston and massachusetts uh but they're overwhelmingly white they're fairly rural and like one example is that and this goes to the 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 you know whiteness that in iowa for instance the iowa democratic party has always been pretty left-wing like more like more left wing than
1: the rest of so it's Something just not representative a, a of a little detail about Iowa that I sometimes forget is that it was one of the earlier states to legalize gay marriage right i mean we it was it sort of has a, yeah, a bit of a liberal uh tradition that is sometimes counterintuitive or surprising y- a little well, bit well i i think th- th- what it has
0: generally been is again you know in the last few decades a very liberal Democratic Party and an extremely conservative Republican Party, so it's kind of both at the same time. Um, Tom Harkin, right? Well, you know, kind of tradition. I mean, not not they don't uh, not DFL, but sort of yeah, DFL-ish yeah. Sure. sort of kind of version of a Democratic Party. Yep. Um, it's it's it, and it's it's hard to say because you could you could. Um, you certainly could have Bernie Sanders win Iowa and then win New Hampshire's next-door state. Yep. Um, kind of plays to his kind of, you know, a little more draw among independents. And normally that would be it. Mm-hmm. But with Sanders, I don't think, I mean, it'll definitely not be it. And it, South Carolina you know, is the next one after that, which...
2: Which like I, Biden where has Biden locked down, is, yeah, Biden has
0: locked I think... Nevada, Nevada is actually first. Before. I think. I um, if it's not, it's a few days after. Right. They're right next to each other, but I think Nevada is actually f- before, mm. um, and it has. I'm losing track now. Traditionally, it's had a caucus, but they have. I think I'm. I'm. You know, put an asterisk by what I'm saying. I think N- uh, Nevada has a a caucus where it's basically a primary. Mm. You just kind of go in there and vote, but it's a caucus because you don't quite whatever. So it's not like that Iowa thing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, it's 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 all over the place.
2: Well, an interesting part of that, which we're kind of tiptoeing around now, is that question of who, like who needs Iowa and who can exist without it, right? And I think kind of the common thought is that Biden could afford to lose those two first places. Mm-hmm. But I guess the other side of the spectrum is, like, who does losing those two states critically injure? Like, who can't come back from I that? Think
1: if Klobuchar doesn't win Iowa, I feel like it's over for her. It's a neighboring state of Minnesota, obviously. Right. You know, she has some of this momentum, like we've said, with the newspaper endorsements. She's very low in the polls. I don't think there's no one is really expecting her to carry it. But it does feel like one of those things. If it doesn't happen for her, what's the pathway? I think it's I think it's a th- it's a thing where if she
0: was like a surprise second mm-hmm. right. I don't think that's gonna be, I mean, look, the odds of her being the nominee are extremely low. But I think that would be enough for her to come out and say, hey, I'm here. you know, if you're because, if you're not Sanders, not just Biden's not the only choice. I'm here. yeah, because right.
1: the delegates are the delegates are uh, like a portion kind of based on the percentage, right? Like you don't win hundred percent of the delegates if you get the most votes right I think it's you get some based on your turnout kind of right?
0: yeah I mean the, all of these things are so I mean you've got the caucus system and then you know there are very few winner take all primaries or caucuses there may be none I don't even I've lost track of this point but yeah it's it's and and obviously it's a small state it tends not to or at least it it doesn't consistently vote democratic so the the number of delegates are, are Close to meaningless mm-hmm. in t- in numerical terms, mm-hmm. um, and you know, similar with with New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's certainly. I, I, think it's clear. I mean, if and I don't think this seems likely. If Biden won both, that would, that wouldn't be it because the Sanders campaign is not going anywhere, and nor do they need to. They're two tiny states that are representative of nothing. Um, but that would narrow things out pretty dramatically. And I would say that, like, for, like, you know, Buttigieg and kind of for almost everybody else um, besides the top three, if they don't win one of them, they're done. And for for, like, a Warren, she doesn't win either. I mean, again, no one should be done after these two states because they are, I mean, love them, but they're representative of nothing. And it's sort of ridiculous and absurd that they even have this role um i mean i one thing to one thing that i am trying to get my head around is that sanders uh there are a lot of democrats who will be very uncomfortable having you know bernie sanders be the nominee I mean, there's a lot of resistance, damn. Now, there's a lot of resistance to Biden, but it's a different kind of resistance. I would say there's there's there is a significant amount of low enthusiasm for Biden. Um, but apart from what you see on Twitter, um, I think the the most Democrats nationwide kind of like, oh, Biden. Okay, you know, not my first choice, but whatever. That's fine. You know, he was Obama's buddy. That kind of thing. Um, you, if you if you do have Sanders win these first two primaries that will um I mean in my mind it may set up a pretty tragic dynamic for the Democratic Party and maybe for the for the for the future of the country since I think it'll I think that it makes Trump's re-election more likely but just as political observers it'll set up a very interesting dynamic because that'll obviously give him a huge surge of momentum and all sorts of, you know, Sanders is going to do it kind of stories. But there is going to be a lot of of uh, resistance because there are just huge segments of the Democratic Party that are just not, who are just not ready for him to be the nominee. So that'll be a, a, a fascinating yeah. uh, story to watch unfold.
1: We've reminded our listeners before, but just to um, say it again, we have kind of a, We have a a wild week coming up, which is the Super Bowl is on Sunday, the 2nd of February. Uh, (laughs) Kate's shrugging. Yeah, I believe (laughs) believe so. Um, And then, like we said, the Iowa caucus is on Monday night, the State of the Union on Tuesday. It's possible oh, the I'd impeachment. That it's actually that possible it's Tuesday, the impeachment yeah. trial will still be happening. It's possible it could be over by then. Um, I Trump bet could take it's a, over, but Trump who takes knows? a victory lap in that speech. Most well, likely. Pelosi
2: offered Trump to just uh, write it and mail it in, so right. he could always avail himself of that <laughs> option. <laughs> yeah, we'll see,
1: um, and we can take the night off. That'd be nice. Yeah. Then um, there's a debate on that Friday. I think oh, yeah. hey, you and I. I think you and I get get the. Uh, we drew this draw for that one. I'll live at work. But, um, so lots <laughs> happening. And then I guess it's the Academy Awards this Sunday. Uh, the next, the following Sunday? The following Sunday. When?
0: When is New Hampshire. When it's, uh, usually it it's a week like later. It is like a
1: week after. So it must be that. So the following, following Tuesday. Yeah. 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 That's going right. to be,
2: I think the weirdest dynamic of February, all that being said, is that we're having these caucuses and primaries and there's a debate like every week. Yeah. there's a lot So of they're going to have February. to be, you know, you just lost the caucus. What now? You know, yeah. I mean, that's an intense dynamic. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and people start. Yeah. You know, people start—and there's certainly—and and this part, I mean, I'm sort of, you know, kind of showing my cards a little on what I said a moment ago, but there is there is there there is an argument among sort of non-Sander supporters that a lot of people staying in are making Sanders stronger than he otherwise would be. Like, basically, the fact that Buttigieg and Klobuchar are hanging on— is allowing Sanders to kind of start seeming like maybe he's the front runner with like 22% support. Now, whether that is really true or not, um, I'll, I'll leave to others, but, but it will be the case that, you know, depending on who, and, and, you know, to take the other side of that, let's say, uh, you know, Biden doesn't win both, but he wins one on, in, in that sort of Warren Sanders, you know, deathmatch going on, there's going to be a huge amount of push that one of you guys has to get out. You know, for people who are kind of, you know, uh, anti, let's call them anti-continuity Democrats, that we need to make a dramatic move in a different direction. You've got two people who sort of characterologically and culturally are very different, but policy-wise are very similar. And so if Biden's kind of, you know, taken off, There's gonna be a parallel push either for, you know, Biden or Warren to get out. And probably the loudest voices will obviously be for Warren to get out. Even if she's doing better. That's what I was gonna say.
2: I mean there's just there's absolutely no way in that dynamic that it's gonna be Warren's camp saying, Sanders, Sanders, you've had your shot. Absolutely no way.
0: Well and it's also there's just there is just no and I mean look, at at a certain level, when when candidates have a kind of a huge cheering section, good for them. That's mm-hmm. kind of an el- an element of organizing. But uh, certainly in, you know, with commentators and people on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, you never see like, oh, man, the Warren accounts are swarming me, man. <laughs> like they're really saying, I got it. You got to take it back. I mean, that doesn't yeah, happen. It
1: sounds like you're speaking from experience. Uh, uh, of course like, yeah, 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 other I am. I've, I've there, been yeah. through this a few
0: times. <laughs> exactly. It's just different. Look, it's, it's, it is... Uh, And I think this is this is Sanders greatest strength and also greatest liability in the sense of, you know, actually sealing the deal that Sanders has a dissident um, sort of insurrectionist in the in the in the partisan sense um, political culture to him. Right, um, and that that is a certain thing. We're we're we're, we're kind of overturning the, the you know the the old way, and w- one of the things that does is you have people who are, you know, really true believers and feel like there is something much bigger going on than just who gets this nomination and and mm-hmm. and beating Trump. And that that is no. There's there are certainly. Um, you know, less generous ways I could I could characterize his, his you know, most vocal supporters, but that really does in, inform it, and that's what that's what, you know, that is one reason why, I don't care if Sanders comes in 10th in both of these races, he's going to be down there in Nevada, he's going to be down there in South Carolina, he's going to you know, because again, it's not like, um, you know, Buttigieg, where you can say, alright, I lost both, mm-hmm. the money's disappearing, like, There's no Buttigieg movement, (laughs) Uh, you know, something like there's a dance or whatever. Right. Uh, But there is a Sanders movement. And that is, that's a, that's a reality. Yeah. All right. Well, stay tuned. Yeah, anyone? stay tuned, and and also uh, stay drinking uh, Grady's yes. Cold Brew iced coffee. Uh, <laughs> you remember, if you want to give it a try, you can get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM, or you can order Grady's on Amazon.com for next day delivery. Sounds good. And
1: please share the podcast with your friends and family and loved ones. Please yeah. rate us. Rate yeah. us five stars. Say, share good, it. say nice things about us on Twitter yes. and LinkedIn. We'd appreciate it. Stuff. And
0: congrats to you again, Kate.
1: Yeah, Kate. Oh, Thanks, guys. All right,
2: later. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Look around. You can find cars like these on Autotrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars.
0: Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented...